MSP Marketing in Bite-Sized Bits. It's easier than you think with MKLink. To get more of MKLink's MSP, MBA, Marketing and IT training resources, make sure that you've registered for your account for free now at www.mklink.org. And welcome to Copywriting for MSPs, Part 9. And as a quick recap from last time, we looked at several ways for increasing the desirability of your sales copy, such as controversy and the eight main emotions to leverage and presuppositions. Presuppositions are pretty similar to linguistic binds. Now, linguistic binds are another covert and sneaky way of getting your point across and accepted under the radar. They're similar to presuppositions, although my understanding is that they're more geared towards highlighting the first part of the sentence around something which your prospect is already doing. For example, using a phone or holding a laptop or something where they're physically involved. So once again, the trick is to set something up in the first part of the sentence, which is clearly true, and then introduce an idea in the second part of the sentence, which will more likely then be accepted as true. So for example, you could say something like, as you're staring at the screen of your laptop, you'll appreciate how important investing in a quality display is for your long-term eyesight. So here, once again, the undeniable logic and truth of the first part of the sentence, i.e. looking at the screen, then conveys a sense of validity to the second part of the sentence, such as the importance of investing in a superior laptop with a high-quality screen. So now we'll continue with some more diabolical devices that you can use to help you sell more managed services. So number one, you before I makes more people buy. So I'll start off here by talking about the power of you. Generally speaking, the reader cares about themselves significantly more than about the writer. So write in terms of them. In much the same way that successful conversationalists are the ones that listen properly and limit talking about themselves, successful sales copy should be about the prospect. So using the word I conveys that the copy was written by a person and is therefore personal. Using you forces the reader to take notice. So you and I are more powerful than we and us. So if you can, limit going on about our products or the company's reputation or the company's history, that sort of thing, as it's indulgent. Try and remember to always use the word you when you are telling readers about your benefits. As a quick reminder, remember to use radio station WeFM, what's in it for me. When you come to revise your copy at the end, try and take out all the instances of I and replace it with you. If you'd like, you can remember this rule as you before I makes more people buy. So here's a quick example. Most people might write an email starting something like, I'm writing to you today to let you know that there's a new antivirus which we can offer for an introductory price. This could be changed to something like, you're receiving this email because you may be interested to know that there's a new antivirus available which you're entitled to have for an introductory price. Now, admittedly, that example needs some work, but it certainly doesn't contain any eyes. It's all been converted to use. Feature fascinating facts. You may have already heard about the famous and exceptionally successful advert that the advertising ledger David Ogilvy wrote for Rolls-Royce. The headline was, at 60 miles an hour, the loudest noise in this Rolls-Royce comes from the electric clock. 
Now, that clever headline didn't happen by magic. It took work and research. David went right through the technical manual to come up with this one. He really researches material. Whatever your product or your service or your practice, there will be something that does have journalistic value and it can be presented in an interesting way. This really is the key to making your sales and your sales copy interesting. And once again, it's why stories are so powerful. So really do research the facts to dig out the ones that have the most journalistic value. Didn't you know that the brain can't process a negative? So as an example of using interesting facts in your copy, here's a good one for you. According to some sources, the human mind can't process a negative. Now that has huge ramifications, not only in your sales and your sales copy, but in all of your communications as well. Obviously, the concept of negation must exist. Otherwise, you simply can't function. However, once you've put an idea into someone's head, they have to have some kind of mental model of that idea to process the information, whether it's positive or negative. So for example, if I say don't think of a yellow banana, you have to think of a yellow banana, even if it's briefly, to negate it in the first place. So similarly, imagine saying something like this new mobile phone can get a signal anywhere because it has an extra powerful transmitter, which studies have shown has negligible instances of causing cancer. Now, obviously, that's a rather silly and extreme example to prove a point, which is that your brain focuses on the word cancer and everything else is almost irrelevant. So if you had to say something like that, it'd be far better to say something like this new mobile phone can get a signal anywhere because it has an extra powerful transmitter. Studies have shown that even using the most powerful powerful phone for 12 hours is far safer than standing outside in day later for just 10 minutes. Now I've just made that up so please don't quote me on it. However in that example you're framing the exposure in terms of safety rather than in terms of risk. So another example might include saying that a website hosting has 99.5% uptime rather than saying it only has 0.5% downtime. Same numbers, very different perspective. So my take on this is that for something like the call to action, saying something like don't delay should be replaced by act now. Rather than saying you won't regret this decision, try saying something like you'll be glad you made this decision. So in general, don't put words in that you need people to negate it. Just omit them. Frame things in the positive because the subconscious can't process a negative. It just hears the word and, and reviews that word. It focuses on that word. As an extension to that, if you say something and then say the word but, it completely negates the first part of the sentence. So if you say this laptop is really, really good, but dot, 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 you might as well just not say the first part. So try and say the word and. This laptop is really, really good and it's expensive. That way it's framed as a positive. If you use the word but, it screws it up because they only work, they focus on the word but. So try not to use the word but, use the word and, it's a lot more powerful. And that brings me on to embedded commands. So if you've ever seen hypnotists like Darren Brown in action, then you'll be taking this bit seriously. Joe Vitale's written a book about this, by the way, that you might want to read. It's about hypnotic copywriting. Essentially, the trick with embedded commands is to suggest something, i.e. the command, and then embed that command within a sentence in such a way that it sneaks past the critical thinking radar. So, for example, take the sentence, I wouldn't tell you to buy this particular laptop, that's your decision. The command here is, buy this laptop, that's your decision. When you speak the embedded command, it's supposed to be spoken in a slightly different tonality or a different speed to emphasize it. In text, it needs to be emphasized in a slightly different way, perhaps highlighting it or underlining it or using italics. 
Now clearly all of this needs to be done carefully so as not to give the game away and it's all part of compliance. Further to embedded commands, in general when it comes to sales and copywriting and influence in general, you're trying to build compliance. If you can get your subject or your audience into a compliance state, they'll be a lot more likely to do what you want them to do, such as buying from you. So in a personal meeting you can ask someone to write something down or make notes. Ideally, asking someone to hold something, i.e. the item that you want them to buy, is a great way of gaining compliance and also involves them in the product as well, which has more psychological impact than you might think, but that's a different conversation. This explains why, when you're sat in a seminar and the speaker asks you to stand up and breathe deeply or get up and move around to get some oxygen or, or shake yourself down to unstiffen your muscles, you're actually complying with their commands. There are other factors here too, such as simply staying awake or changing your mood or your state. Getting people to comply to your commands is a way of making them do what you tell them to do. In your sales copy, gaining compliance by movement could be something like asking your prospect to close their eyes and listen to the sound of their laptop or click on something to to reveal some kind of information on the next page. That last sentence about clicking on something is part of creating engagement devices and I'll be exploring that a lot more in a forthcoming episode. MSP Marketing in Bite Size Bits. It's easier than you think with MK Link. To get more of MK Link's MSP, MBA, Marketing and IT training resources, make sure that you've registered for your account for free now at www.mklink.org.